What is good, good people? You are now listening to another episode of Since We Last Spoke with Danny Foxworth. I am your humble narrator, Danny Foxworth. And I mean, you as you can see, the background is a little different. Took a little weekend getaway, but I figured while I'm here, I'll knock an episode out. And if you remember, if you listened to the preview episode, I said I was going to make this podcast a little more personal. And being personal also entailed revealing some childhood stories. So this episode is going to be dedicated to some childhood stories. So I'll give y'all, I'll give, I'll give y'all three. So I'll start, I'll start with my, uh, my skating rink fiasco. So taking it back to 1993, I'm 13 years old. And if you have a certain age, especially in the nineties, growing up in the low country, the place to be was Stardust Skate Center. That was like a rite of passage. And one particular Friday night, it was me and like three or four of my homies and one of my homies' moms took us to the skating rink and just dropped us off so we can have ourselves a good time. And when we walked in there, we were scoping out the talent, you know, seeing the, seeing just wall to wall, just nothing but fine honeys. And this one chick just hadn't caught my eye for the whole night. I could not stop staring at her. If you could imagine a 13-year-old Candy Burris with braces. That was who that's the, that was she was the object of my affection that night. So I hold it up with my friends and I'm like, "Yo, that's the girl right there. I'm trying I'm trying to kick it with her." So I told them my plan. I said, "Her and her friends were already out on the skating rink. So once they make their way back around, I'm going to meet them where they once they approach me, I'm going to just like glide up to them and start kicking game to her. So went to the front desk, went and uh, rented my skates. Mind you, I am the lousiest skater that I know, but that didn't stop me. When you, you know, when you're trying to impress a girl, you will do some silly things. So <laughs> I lace up my skates. They already see me. I'm having trouble, you know, trying to stay on my feet. But I get to the partition right to the uh, edge of the rink and her and her crew, they're making their way back around to the rink. And once they get about 10 feet away from me, soon as I put my first skate down and I'm like, what's up, baby? I couldn't even get the word baby out. I mean, I'm just tumbling and I look like a cartoon character. And the next thing you know, just splat. Fell face first on the rink. They didn't show any kind of concern. Like, no, are you okay? Nothing. Her and her friends laughed. Pretty much everybody else in the skating rink laughed as well. And they just went on about their business. And my homies had to run out on the rink and get me up and take me to the front desk. And the lady, front desk lady, got me a towel, put some ice in it out the ice machine. She was like, here, take this, put it on your face. My lip was super bloody. and. I took my took my towel with my ice and I went straight to the arcade and I just hid behind the Gallagher machine so nobody could see me and point and laugh. And yeah, that was you shoot your sometimes you shoot your shot and you crash and burn. But man, looking back on that, man, that was those are some precious memories. Um I'll tell you another story. This one involved uh LL Cool J and me being more disappointed in him than figuring out the Santa Claus wasn't real. So back in, I believe it was 87. If you would have asked me 
at that time period what my childhood ambitions were, I would have told you I would be a meteorologist or a long-distance truck driver. But in my heart of hearts, if you really wanted to know my childhood ambition, I wanted to be LL Cool J. That man was, he was like Superman to me. And I wanted to be him. And I remember back then he had a song called I'm Bad that my sister had on a 45. And we played it in the house religiously. And there was a particular line in that song where he said, I'm the baddest, taking out all rookies, so forget Oreos, eat Cool J cookies. I'm bad. And my impressionable seven-year-old mind, I'm thinking, damn, he raps and he sells cookies? Oh, next time I'm going to Piggly Wiggly with Pepe, I'm getting me some Cool J cookies. So fast forward to next week, me and Pepe roll up in his C-10 pickup to uh, Piggly Wiggly. You know, he gets his rice. He gets his Carolina Pride bologna. And after he finishes getting all his stuff, he's like, all right, Danny. You can go in aisle six and get whatever candy you want. Normally, I would get the circus peanuts, but this time, I wanted some Cool J cookies. So, I'm looking just all over the shelves. I see no Cool J cookies. I see Oreos. I see vanilla wafers. I see the iced out oatmeal cookies. I see chocolate chip cookies. I see the coconut cookies. I'm seeing every type of cookie except for them damn Cool J cookies. And at this point, I'm getting mad. To the point where I'm practically climbing the climbing the shelves in aisle six looking for these Cool J cookies to no avail. So I climb down from the steps and I go look at go find the manager. I'm like, uh, excuse me, do y'all have the Cool J cookies in stock? He's looking at me like I'd have got a horn on my forehead. He's like, uh, what? Like the Cool J cookies. It should be in aisle six with the rest of the cookies. And he's like, uh, I don't think we have Cool J cookies, but, you know, I'll get an assistant to look. I'm like, thank you. So we literally spend 20 minutes in aisle six looking for these Cool J cookies and could not find these Cool J cookies. And I was so upset. Excuse me. Papa was just he was incredibly fed up to the point. He was like, boy, just get some get them damn circus peanuts like you usually get and just let's go. So we're heading back home and I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I'm on the verge of tears and Pepe's driving. He looks at me and he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, Pepe, this man lied to me. He lied to me, Pepe. There's, there's no, there's no Cool J cookies. I'm like, what are you talking about? Who lied to you? I'm like, hello, Cool J lied to me, Pepe. And while he's driving, he just, <laughs> also, you got to take into consideration, there's a generational disconnect because I'm like seven years old. He's in his early 60s. So the his response was about as what you would expect when I said LL Cool J. He's driving, takes his eyes off the road, looks at me square in my face, and he goes, boy, what in the shit is LL Cool J? <laughs> And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'll just eat these circus peanuts. And I was so mad. While he had his head turned, I just flung him out the window. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, LL. And this last story. Talk about the time I got cussed up by Anthony Mason. So this was around 93 or 94. So for those of y'all that don't know, there was a 
brief time period where the New York Knicks used to have their training camp at the College of Charleston. And they the team stayed at the Omni Hotel, which is the Charleston Place Hotel now. Hotel was probably three, two or three blocks from the practice facility. So one day, me and my homie Brian and his mom, they we go to the she takes us to the Omni Hotel so we can camp out in the lobby so possibly we can get some Knicks players autographs whenever they come down from their rooms. So we're in the lobby. She's like, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm like, okay. So we hear this big commotion at the front desk. And it's just it's the desk where we were standing is probably 30 feet away from the front desk. And we just hear this loud, just belligerent commotion going on. So we stick our heads around the corner and we see Anthony Mason, who clearly looked like he had just a little bit too much to drink that day or the previous night, I should say. And it was him. It was Charles Smith. And I believe Anthony Bonham was with him as well. So after he gives them an earful, I guess the room service wasn't to his standard. He leaves. They go through a hallway to get go out the back entrance of the hotel so they can get to the practice facility. So the three of them are coming our way. And I'm looking up like, wow, that's Anthony Mason. Holy smokes. He walks past me. Well, all three of them walk past us. Whenever they turn around, Brian is just tapping me on my shoulder like, yo, Danny, talk to him. Get his autograph. Get his autograph. Like, okay. So I turn around. I, uh, Tug Anthony, the bottom of Anthony Mason's practice uniform. And he turns around. I'm like, uh, Mr. Mason, I'm a big fan. Can I have your autograph? And he turned around with the most bloodshot eyes I've ever seen. And he looked me square in my face and just said, make it the fuck out my face, kid. <laughs> and he just turned around and walked off. And Anthony Bonner looked back at me and he was like, dude, he's drunk. I apologize. And they just turned around and they made their way towards the, the exit so they can go to the practice. By the time they leave, Brian's mom walks out of the bathroom and she's like, what in the world was that all that commotion? And Brian goes, yeah, Anthony Mason just cussed Danny out. She was like, are you serious? Where do you, where's he, where's his ass at? <laughs> she's ready to, she's ready to throw hands at this point, but at this point, I mean, by that time, when she got out of the bathroom, they were already going with the wind. They were ha already heading away to the, making their way to the practice facility. Man, <laughs> you know, in hindsight, I'm like, wow. I really got cussed up by Anthony Mason. That is <laughs> the coolest shit ever. That's all, that always makes for a great conversation piece. Man, you know what? I'll add one more. I'll add a bonus story. So it's amazing how a $2 t-shirt from Goodwill can bring you such good fortune at the most unexpected time. Case in point, I went to a Charleston River Dogs game and I found this really nice looking Ohio University shirt that I found there for $2. It was not Ohio State, but Ohio University, the Bobcats. So. I wore the shirt to the River Dogs game. I get my ticket. And right by the ticket booth, there's a sandwich board there 
that has the events and themes for the particular game that night. And I happened to look and it said Ohio University Alumni Association night. And I'm like, huh, what, what are the odds? And then I thought nothing else of it. Fast forward to the second inning. I'm standing in line at the concession stand. And this guy sees me. And he has on an Ohio University polo. And he's like, bro, what are you doing standing in line? I'm like, I'm just getting my food, you know, getting my nachos and getting my drink. He's like, bro, I see your Ohio shirt. Dude, just we come up, come up to the Adobe's deck, the Ohio University, the Alumni Association's up there. We got hot dogs. We got hamburgers. I'm like, okay. So I followed him up there. And yeah, I stuffed my face, man. It's just fries, hot dogs, hamburgers, chips. I mean, so many things. And I'm sitting here having to be social with all these people. And No, we're just making small talk. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, boy, if they start asking me questions pertaining to Ohio University, I'm going to have nothing but wrong answers. So I'm trying to divert the conversation as as many ways as I possibly can. So while we're eating, I see the conversation starting to die down. And I know they're going to start asking me these school-related questions. I'm like, all right, think, Danny. Think, 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 think. And then the light bulb went off. Now, remember, the Ohio University had upset the Georgetown Hoyas. I think it was the previous year in the NCAA tournament. I'm like, that got my opening. I'm like, hey, how about them Bobcats upsetting Georgetown in the big dance last year? And they were like, how about that shit? And I'm like, yes. That bought me about an extra 15 minutes of snack time. And... Yeah, proceeded to stuff my face even more. So, I mean, my favorite flavor of food is free. But once the conversation started to die down again, I'm like, all right, I got to plan my escape. So, like, oh, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. And I left and I just never came back. I got in my car and left. But, man, all over a $2 shirt. Really <laughs> practically got me in the VIP section. And I think this is a good time to put a pin in the childhood stories episode. And I'm going to put up more episodes with more childhood stories. If you made it this far, I greatly appreciate it. Make sure that you like it. Make sure that you download. Make sure you subscribe to Since We Last Spoke with Danny Foxworth. And I'll talk to you all next time. Y'all be good. Peace.